Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to tell you about Samuel Black Sam Bellamy, a pirate who has ended up being considered by many as the wealthiest pirate in history, outstripping even the legendary Henry Every, episode 256, get across it. Bellamy, like so many other famous pirates, was active during the golden age of piracy, this very short period of history in the early 18th century that has gone on to have a an outsized cultural influence on uh, on popular media. And Like uh, so many other famous pirates, Bellamy uh, also wasn't active for very long. Not at all. Not much more than a year, in fact. But even in this brief time, he was able to amass so much wealth that in 2008, Forbes magazine named him as their all-time top-earning pirate. This is not something that I realised Forbes magazine kept track of, but you can go online and find this article. It, It... It really is something. uh, Here's how the article opens. High seas piracy was the colonial era's version of investment banking. Through good positioning, aggressive go-getters could make millions from global trade and commerce in diverse sectors. They were frequently chased offshore to the Caribbean by angry governments, and in the end, they were sometimes sunk without trace. I uh, personally... Never realised that there was so much in common between piracy on the high seas and uh, the modern world of finance, but there you go, Forbes somehow managing to uh, to string these two things together. Anyway, Bellamy's story, it's a classic one. Born in 1689 in England, he joined the Royal Navy as a youngster, he served as a sailor before eventually ending up in the British colonies on the other side of the Atlantic by 1715. And in 1716, he left behind his military career for good, and with a group of associates in tow, he headed south towards Florida. He wasn't, he wasn't going to Disneyland, I'll tell you that, although he would have been first in the queue for it. Always good to get there early to beat the crowds, and he arrived 239 years early, so again, definitely he'd be first in line. But no, what he was really after was treasure. In 1715, uh, an enormous Spanish treasure fleet had been sunk by a hurricane off Florida's east coast. The 11 ships that made up this fleet had been laden down with riches of all kinds, unimaginable wealth, and uh, people had been searching for the wrecks ever since, ever since they sank. Bellamy and his mates didn't have all that much luck with their treasure hunting. Uh, they spent some time searching, trying to find the uh, the wreckage of these uh, of this of this Spanish treasure fleet without really anything to show for it. And so before long they gave up. Bloody waste of time they say, why couldn't these Spanish, why couldn't they wreck their ships somewhere somewhere a little easy to find? Very inconsiderate of them. But even after giving up on treasure hunting, Bellamy's lust for riches didn't seem to have waned at all. Because shortly after calling off the search, he fell in with the famous pirate Benjamin Hornigold and joined his crew. We heard about this a little bit in the previous episode, episode 274, Edward Blackbeard Teach Get Across It. 
uh, because it was at this stage that Hornigold had Blackbeard as his first mate. Uh, and you may remember from the last episode what happened next after Bellamy joined Hornigold's crew. Uh, he and much of the rest of Hornigold's crew was unhappy with Hornigold's leadership and uh, specifically his reluctance to attack British ships. And so he was overthrown. Uh, Blackbeard and Hornigold went off their own ways and Bellamy, as one of the uh, one of the crew members who was so unhappy with Hornigold, was actually elected as the new captain of Hornigold's former ship, the Marianne, and, uh, and therefore was put in command of a 90-man crew. And let me tell you this, he wasted no bloody time whatsoever in throwing himself into piracy with both hands. He quickly he quickly captured ships to expand his pirate fleet uh, to the raucous approval of his crew. He was happy to go after British ships, unlike Hornigold. And uh, in doing so, as you can imagine, brought in a huge amount of plunder and riches, which only improved his standing amongst the men that he was in command of. However... It was in the early months of 1717 that Bellamy's crowning achievement as a pirate captain came along when he attacked and captured a ship called the Widder Galley. The Widder Galley was on the return leg of its maiden voyage when it had the misfortune to run into Black Sam Bellamy, who didn't hesitate in going after this fine new ship. It was over 30 metres long, 18 guns aboard it. The Widder Galley was quite the specimen, brand spanking new, although... I'm sorry to say it was being put to one of the worst uses you can think of because it was a it was a slave ship. However, it didn't have any slaves aboard it when it came when it when it ran into Bellamy. Uh, its crew had just sold the 300 or so slaves that it had been carrying, and uh, and so the ship was instead filled with an absolute fortune in gold and ivory and silver and all sorts of other riches. It was a very swift ship, the Widder Galley, but not swift enough. Bellamy gave chase for three days before finally running it down and capturing it in thoroughly unspectacular circumstances. We, when, we, when we think of, of pirates capturing a ship, we tend to imagine explosive broadsides and grappling hooks and pirates swinging across rigging with cutlasses between their teeth, furious hand-to-hand fighting on blood-slick decks. But what usually happened is much less much less glamorous. Generally, a, a pirate ship would give chase and fire a shot across the bow. Uh, this is where the saying comes from. Uh, this shot would be a warning that if the, uh, the the ship that was being chased didn't surrender, then you know things would get very ugly very quickly. And as pirates were generally speaking, battle-hardened ex-Navy sailors, privateers who had plenty of experience in combat, crews of ships like the Widder Galley would just give up rather than risk their lives. And this is what happened here. After days of pursuit, Bellamy drew close enough to fire the shot across the bow of the Widder Galley and its crew immediately capitulated. They surrender, they give up without a fight, and uh, as a result, Black Sam Bellamy is able to take command, take control, take possession of the Widder Galley and, of course, the monumental riches in its cargo hold. Now, Bellamy, he's a generous bloke, right? He's a kind, he's a, he's a kind and good-hearted fellow. He's not just going to seize this ship and its riches and leave its crew with nothing. No, 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 no. What he did was most, most munificently here, he offered the captain of the Widder Galley a trade. He offered to trade him an old ship that he'd captured previously in exchange for the for the Widder Galley and all of its riches. How, how about that? 
very kind of him to do that. We're kind of making light of it, but honestly, Bellamy had a pretty good reputation as a pirate captain because he didn't needlessly kill and slaughter and maim people. He didn't, you know, he wasn't like a Blackbeard or a Charles Vane who uh, who inspired fear in in the people that he attacked. No, this bloke was obviously just in it for the loot, and uh, I'm sure the captain of the Widder Galley wasn't too pleased to have, you know, been given some knockoff old prize ship that Bellamy used to be cutting about in in exchange for this brand new state-of-the-art ship laden down with treasures. But on the other hand, he was probably happy to escape with his life, which is, uh, you know, never guaranteed in a run-in with pirates like this. So the bargain was struck. Well, I, I say that. It's not as if the enemy captain had all that much say in the matter. But all the same, Bellamy takes possession of the Widder Galley and its riches and he sails off in this newly built state-of-the-art ship, groaning under the weight of all the treasure it was carrying. How much treasure, you ask? Over four and a half tons of gold and ivory and silver and all sorts of other extremely valuable goods were amongst the riches that Bellamy seized in the Widder Galley. This represented hundreds of millions of dollars in today's money. Um, And honestly, it doesn't matter which currency you're using or, for that matter, which ton, hundreds of millions of dollars across this four and a half tons. Anyway, with this wealth, Bellamy and his crew, they, uh, they did some renos on the new ship. They added 30 or more guns. Why not? Of course, every pirate ship needs to be laden down with cannon. Uh, and they also ripped out everything from the slaving facilities to the captain's cabin to make the ship faster and more heavily armed. So because of all this, right, you can imagine this, the, the crew that, that Bellamy was in charge of, they bloody loved this bloke for not just his skill and his expertise and effectiveness as a sea captain. Apparently, Bellamy was also just a, a very nice man. He was friendly and personable. He had good manners. Um, and he was also very collaborative when it came to running his ship. He ran it like a democracy. He took on the views of his crew when deciding on the next course of action. He would uh, he would often put decisions to a vote amongst the crew. And for this, he was rewarded with the support and loyalty of, uh, of the men that he led. And uh, there are a couple of other interesting bits and pieces about this bloke uh, on a more personal level. Um, For one, he was uh, quite fond of uh, the finer things, shall we say. He spent his wealth very freely on expensive clothing. He cut quite a figure in his extravagant velvet coats and silk stockings, four pistols hanging off him in uh, in the fashion of Pirates of the Day. But, uh, but very interestingly, when it comes to his, uh, his personal style, his fashion sense, there is an element of 18th century European men's fashion that Bellamy really didn't seem to be uh, all that fond of because he uh, refused to wear the classic white powdered wig that we, uh, that we see on so many portraits and, and paintings of famous figures from this period in history. Uh, a, 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 an element of fashion that I would say defined this period uh, wasn't something that, that Bellamy had any time for. And in fact, this is why he got his nickname, Black Sam Bellamy. It was because instead of wearing a wig, he would just raw dog his hair. He had long black hair. He used to tie it back in a ponytail. And that's why he was called Black Sam, because he had black hair. I don't know what it is about pirates being nicknamed after their hair, whether it's their facial hair, black beard, or their actual hair, Black Sam. I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway... Bellamy's depredations continued after his capture of the Widder Galley. He is thought to have captured and plundered over 50 ships. 
And uh, Forbes magazine has estimated his wealth to be in excess of 120 million US dollars. Although, honestly, that figure could be much higher. Uh, Bellamy usually, usually sailed with two ships, the, the Witter Galley, bristling with guns as it was, uh, and then a smaller and faster ship that could scout out areas and chase targets down. And uh, for the most part, Bellamy killed very few people and sank very few ships. He would run down merchantmen, raise the black flag, fire a shot across the bow, and usually force a surrender then and there. Unlike someone such as Blackbeard, someone such as Charles Vane, who had fearsome reputations for for cruelty and brutality, which in Vane's case was thoroughly deserved, in Blackbeard's case, mainly just for show, uh, Bellamy instead was was merciful. He was generous. He very rarely killed or mistreated those aboard the uh, the ships that he, he attacked. And so gained a reputation as something of a Robin Hood of the sea, a nickname that has stuck around to this day. And uh, as I've already mentioned, he, he enjoyed the ongoing strong approval of his crew who greatly enjoyed all the plunder and the wealth that Bellamy brought their way. However, they did not enjoy it for very long. Pirates, they tend to burn hot and bright, and most throughout this period in history had their lives of extravagance and plunder cut short by the long arm of the law. But that's not what happened to Bellamy. No, it was just good old-fashioned bad luck that brought him undone, sadly. Just a few months after capturing the Witter Galley, Bellamy cruised north with his little fleet towards New England. He captured ships and seized their treasure both en route and after arriving up at uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And Bellamy at this stage looked to be firing on all cylinders. He looked to be at his very best, uh, you know, a, a cargo hold full of loot and treasure that had been plundered uh, and, uh, and a reputation that preceded him as... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say one of the good guys, but relatively speaking, when it comes to pirate captains, yeah, maybe we can swing it. One of the, uh, certainly one of the better guys. However, on the 26th of April, 1717, Bellamy's career came to an abrupt end. Off the coast of Cape Cod, Bellamy and the Widder Galley were caught up in a terrible storm. And after fighting against it for hours at around midnight, the ship was driven into shallow waters. The hull became stuck fast on a shoal and the violent gale force winds ended up snapping the masts in half. This then caused the ship to list sharply to one side and begin taking on water and before long the Widder Galley was flooded and it capsized its heavy cannons ripping the ship to pieces as they tore through the storm damaged decks and hull spilling treasure everywhere. And I'm sorry to say that all but two of Bellamy's crew were killed in this wreck, including Bellamy himself. He went down with his ship, sinking to a watery grave alongside all his ill-gotten loot. And not too far from where the Widder Galley sank, his second smaller ship was also wrecked, sinking with only seven survivors. And the story doesn't get much better for the nine people that survived these two shipwrecks. Unfortunately, they were arrested, they were taken off to Boston, and there they were tried on charges of piracy, which is not a very good thing for the old life expectancy, let me tell you. Despite an amnesty for pirates being announced for the 5th of September 1717, news of the pardon didn't arrive in Boston in time, and so most of these poor blokes were executed. Six of them were hanged, two two were set free, but the last one, 
a 16-year-old kid, was, tragically, sold into slavery and was bought by none other than John Quincy, the great-grandfather of US President John Quincy Adams. While Bellamy avoided the specific fate of most famous pirates in that he wasn't hanged by the neck until dead, he didn't avoid the general fate of most famous pirates because he died well before his time. And for the longest time after the death of Bellamy, the Widder Galley and its treasure was lost to the sea. Until quite recently, in fact, when in 1982, the wreck was rediscovered off the coast of Massachusetts. The Widder Galley became the first authenticated pirate wreck ever found in North America. And from 1984 onwards, when the discovery was announced, its treasure began to be recovered. The wreck was only about four metres underwater, although it was buried in about a metre and a half of sand. But diving crews were able to work and extract the vast riches in the hold, along with other historical artefacts, many of which are on display in museums to this very day. One such artefact, perhaps the most famous, uh, is also what conclusively proved the wreck was indeed the Widder Galley, the ship's bell, which is inscribed Widder Galley 1716, uh, and is currently on display at the Widder Pirate Museum on Cape Cod, just south of Boston in the United States. But all this treasure that went down with the Widder Galley is, as I said, estimated to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and is enough to give Bellamy a very strong claim to being the wealthiest pirate of all time. However, like virtually every other pirate of his time, he was never afforded the opportunity to live happily ever after with all his loot. Rather than at the end of a rope, the great Black Sam Bellamy, one of history's richest pirates, instead perished at the end of a Massachusetts nor'easter. <laughs>